if you have been brought to your knees, if you have felt like or been made to feel like you don't matter, it's because you actually have the potential to rise so high and you matter so much. My name is Linda Laurel, and I'm asking you to have the courage to listen with an open mind to all of our voices, because our voices matter. I want to take a moment to thank BMW of West Houston for sponsoring this episode of our Voices Matter podcast. BMW, of course, is known as the ultimate driving machine because of its precision and power. As someone who has driven a BMW for many years now, I can attest to that firsthand. But I think what's even more important, especially about this particular BMW dealership, is that it understands the power and the impact of giving back to its community. BMW of West Houston is known for its support of countless local charities, and that is important to us here at Our Voices Matter podcast. So if you choose to do business with BMW of West Houston, not only will you be getting the stellar first-class service that the dealership is known for, but you can also rest assured that you are doing business with a dealership that truly cares about and gives back to its community. Hi, everybody. It's Linda Laurel. Welcome to our Voices Matter podcast. Have you ever met someone and felt an instant connection like you have to have this person in your life? Well, that's how I felt the moment that I met my guest today. Her name is Nina Gray. She is a recording artist, um, singer, songwriter, lives in the Los Angeles area. And we met in San Francisco at the When the Music Stops Mental Health Summit. Nina was a panelist and a performer there. And there is something about her aura and her way of connecting that just really spoke to me. And I knew right away that I wanted to have her on the podcast. Didn't really know much about her at all. And I just knew that she was someone that I wanted to know and someone who I believed would have a story to share that would resonate with our audience and beyond. And you know what? I was right. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Nina Gray. Nina, it is so lovely to welcome you to our Voices Matter podcast. Thank you for agreeing to do this. So grateful to be here. So glad we got to sync up. I know, I know. And so we are new friends, having recently met in San Francisco at the When the Music Stops Mental Health Summit. Mm. And there was something about your aura and your spirit that just made me feel calm. And, I, and then when I started looking into your music and your background and what you do, and I love on your website, how you talk about healing mm-hmm. and, and so much of your music is about healing. So tell me and tell our audience what it is about your style of music and what it is that you want to bring to the world? The aspect of healing, you know, I think there's this 
the pandemic definitely heightened it, but this sense of awareness that a lot of the practices uh, the humanity and society have been either unconsciously or consciously uh, taking on and carrying out in their lives for generations and generations have not quite worked. Yes, we've had beautiful moments. Yes, we've had progress. But I do feel, along with many, that we're at this pinnacle, critical, crucial time where we really get to heal the aspects of our being, of our lineage, of our ancestry, of our society that don't create win-win-wins. Mm. And the win-lose paradigm, we see everywhere how that affects the variables involved and the short-sighted short-term gains at the cost of long-term detriment to people, to animals, to the planet. It's just a game we can't keep playing and expect to survive much longer. So, Yeah. Yeah. I, I could not agree with you more. And, you know, you express that through your music and also through your writing. Um, so I, I want to give our audience a sense of what your journey has been and how how you got to the to the place where you have combined your your love of writing and not just the written word but just in how you're able to translate that into your music and then offer it up to the world at a at a time when we really need a, a healing voice so give us a little sense of what your journey has been absolutely Music uh, has always been an ally of mine and a tool like so many when you're down in the dumps or you're flying high, there's a song that you have for it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, everything in between. Yeah. So like just, I've always been an emotional, really emotional, sensitive person. When I was young, I didn't value it as a superpower. I do absolutely value it now. Um, but that emotionality drew me to music. I was always singing as a child. My first talent show was when I was five years old, A Part of Your World by Little Mermaid. And after that, <laughs> I just, you know, continued to sing and perform and get involved in musical theater and choirs. And um, my dad was a Baptist reverend and played lots of gospel music around the house and played the keyboard. My mom loved her some like old school rock and folk and Van Morrison and Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell. So uh, I had a, was really, really lucky to have this fusion of great music and family that loved to play music around the house. Mm. And um you know, I had my, what I call a crucible, just kind of a, a break from the traditional path, the dark night of the soul when I was rather young. Um, I had a encounter where um, I, before I learned how to express my c consent, um, there was an older boy at the school who took advantage of a situation when I was at a party drinking for the first time and ended up putting some things on videotape and circulating mm -hmm. the videotape around the school of me when I was unconscious in a very sexually compromised position. Wow. Uh, so at that moment, I had a real break from 
my identity at that point. I was class president of my sophomore class. I had already been class president of my freshman class. I was in honors, choir, sports. I was really engaged. And when that happened, I just went through a total depression and shut down and became very paranoid that everyone was talking about me around school. And really at that point, music became my insular, like only friend for a while. Mm-hmm. I didn't really communicate with counselors or my parents what was going on. I just really took on the internalized shame and the full responsibility for what happened at the time because I didn't have the resources or the words to express or understand that maybe this was also partly somebody else's responsibility. Um, But at that point, I really kind of detached from having a deep enthusiasm for life. And that uh, was about an eight-year period until I found, um, through Oprah's beautiful recommendation of Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I read that at her recommendation as well. And so, okay, before you talk about that transition um, and that transformation that happened after you read that book, let's go back to what you just shared, which... It cannot be easy to talk about, obviously. Um, and you said that you took responsibility for it, but that you also recognized as you went through time that there were other people who also um, needed to be accountable and and take responsibility for their role. Mm. Um Music was an outlet for you at that time. What else did you do? How did you, how were you able to um, continue in, in your classes and, and you were in high school at the time? So how were you able to continue that? And I would imagine that, and you just said that, you know, you felt like everybody was looking at you differently. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that really the case? Did you just feel that way or were you actually treated that way? And then how did you deal with that? Mm. You know, that's a, a really interesting uh, scenario because a lot of what our minds create as our screen of perception of the world starts to become our reality, right? Mm-hmm. Like thoughts become mm-hmm. things. So when that all happened, there was granted a month period where that was the talk of the hallways and I felt like my reputation had just been ruined and um, without understanding the broader scheme of patriarchy, without understanding like the boys club where that becomes a high five moment in the locker room instead Mm of a hey bro, that wasn't cool moment. Mm -hmm. Um, How this greater sea that we're all swimming in has so long been permissive of subjugation or abuse against women without any repercussions Mm -hmm. and in that time i didn't understand the grander sea so i just took it on personally yeah Uh, and so when i took it on it was almost like this scarlet letter like oh i i ruined the most harmful narrative at that time was i ruined my chance at a good life and if I had a reset button or a start over button, I would press it because I had so much good and I ruined it. And now I'm going to live this second rate, damaged reputation lifestyle forever. And that's my fate now. And so when you ask what my life and what my perception was, after about a month, people move on. They're not thinking about you as much. But mm-hmm. I wore that 
which is why Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, was so interesting learning about the pain body. But I was living through the pain body of that experience. Everyone I met, I was thinking, oh gosh, did they hear about this story before they met me? Are they seeing me as this compromised person, um, this quote unquote slut? Are they uh, judging me before they even get to know me? Will they ever know my talents before the stories they hear about me? Mm -hmm. And so I really... Uh, retracted my energy, my essence, my outgoingness, because I developed a fear of being seen. I mm-hmm. wanted to more blend into the background. I wanted to feel, uh, I didn't want to feel as much because feeling a lot hurt. So this kind of shell of me existed and it took a while to resuscitate my flame, my life force. Uh, I would think so. I would think so. Um, so you, you talk about the patriarchy and and just how women are are obviously treated so differently in our society. Um, I'm curious as to whether race was an issue at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I bring that up because for those who are listening and not watching us on the podcast, you are a beautiful, beautiful black woman. Um, and, and you're of mixed heritage, are you not? I am. My father is black, African American. My mm-hmm. mother is Italian American. Okay. So did race play a factor at all? I'm just curious. You know, that's interesting. Um, I grew up in a predominantly white uh, town in a white high school when this all took place. And there was an aspect of, you know, wanting to overcome the, the pretty for a black girl comments or smart <sighs> for a black girl or talk talk different than a black girl. Mm-hmm. All of those completely derogatory um, statements that, again, I had normalized growing up. Um, it's like, well, but you, but you are still accepting me. Um, and it was interesting, like, her, you know, pressure bust pipes or makes diamonds. And up until that point, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make this a diamond. You, you're going to see me as this and I'm going to prove you wrong and I'm going to you know, that was a big motivation of wanting to be class president and wanting to be at the top of my class scholastically and um, in choirs and, you know, just really be shine and then exist outside of the narrative of just being uh, something that was second rate, felt mm-hmm. like where I grew up. Um, and I know I'm not alone in, in feeling that outside you know Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and the OC and all of these Jessica Simpson were like the hottest most beautiful sought after people and so you know going to school formals I would have a crush and like oh I I would love to go to formal or prom with this person and my girlfriend would be like well maybe you could but you wouldn't be able to go home with him that his his parents would never (sighs) be open to that like you better find another one and So it was this, there was definitely a line of feeling different other than. That's a uh, deep, that's such a deep um, cut when, you know, and, and I'm sure she did not say that in a way to hurt you. No. But she was speaking the reality that, you know, you, you can't, he can't take you home because of your skin color. Um, (sighs) Those aren't family prom pictures they're going to want to put on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So 
all of all of these things that happened to you um, at, at such a formative time in your life. And and yet you said it took you eight years to really kind of work through all of that and to feel like you could start to let your light shine once mm. again. Um, so I want you to speak right now to other young women who are out there mm. who might hear this and um, either are going through something or perhaps have gone through something, but have not yet found a way to let their light shine again. Mm. What would be your message to them of inspiration and hope that they can come out on the other side? Mm. Keep going, mm. keep going. You know, I, I deeply believe our souls come here on assignment, on assignment. And it is these moments that break our hearts often that create these superpowers and these special gifts and this keen awareness and this ability to discern and a heightened level of development uh, in us. And when we're close to it and it's fresh, it's so hard to feel and see into. But if you have been brought to your knees, if you have felt like or been made to feel like you don't matter it's because you actually have the potential to rise so high and you matter so much and whatever happened to you actually has the capacity to build in extra power extra life force and um ability if you just if you can ride out these dark days um journal Mm. Journaling can be such a good friend to just take the mental trash out to make sure that it doesn't accumulate and just start to clutter up your whole life. Like get thoughts out on page, write them through your hand. Mm. You know, everything that you just said, um, especially when you, you talked about the dark days, I think collectively we are experiencing dark days right now as as a world really mm-hmm. not just as a, an american society but as a as humanity we are experiencing collective dark days and dark times and everything that you just said in addressing a young woman or a young person that i i asked you to address can be applied to all of us as humans as how we get through whatever it is that is out there. And, I, and I, I'm going to be completely honest and transparent with you right now, because what you just said is speaking to me, because I've been really struggling in, in the last you know couple of weeks or so, just feeling like everything is out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I, I just want a sense of, um, what I would call normalcy of what it used to feel like. And I've forgotten what that feels like. Mm. And it's just that everything is so difficult to get to the point where you feel like it's okay for your light to shine. My light is really dull right now. And, and I'm trying to find that shine and that joy and, um, well, talking to you and having this conversation is helping. It really is. I'm, I'm, you know, had chills many times already in the few minutes that we've been talking. Um, 
but I think that that there's there's power in your words for all of us, no matter what it is we're going through, if it's on an individual level or a societal level or a humanity level. Mm. It's they're just powerful, powerful words. So thank you for, for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. And you must have degrees to your shine because I I feel your light very strong. Uh-huh. I know that that's it's an internal feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Like we know what our set point is. We know what our normalcy is. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you for continuing to show up and give the light that you feel that you're feeling that you have to offer. You know, and showing up is so so important and so much of i think the healing process it's it's like what you said before the first thing you said when i asked you that question was keep going keep going it, we just you know it's the next best step oh. it's even when it doesn't feel like you can get yourself up and you know put your makeup on and and go fire up the microphone and and do a <laughs> podcast and 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 not know, you know, what that's going to look or feel like. Right. It's just okay, I'm going to I'm going to do it and whatever that thing is for you. Mm. It's that next best step that takes you in the direction of the next best step. Mm. And and so on and so on and and then that's how the that's how I believe the healing the healing begins. Wow! Mm. Wow! Yeah! Absolutely! Absolutely! And I'd be remiss if I didn't speak on like the power and the, the knowing that that really fuels and keeps my life moving forward, whether the light is feeling dim or bright, it's that trust that in showing up and mm-hmm. believing that this is an inherently loving universe that that really wants to support me, that really wants to bring out the best and allow the environment, circumstances, conversations, in, inspirations, synchronicities to unfold that grow my soul. like deeply believing that and and that's the belief that was lost when everything happened when I was younger and so living like in this world that I believed was just indifferent uncaring cruel unkind it created more and more of that reality Mm -hmm. so the shift in once again coming to this belief that this universe is kind, is supportive of our highest self, then getting ready to step out of the door or go on that walk or get on that phone call becomes imbued with this sense of wonder. Like how how are the forces going to show up and surprise me today? Right? <laughs> right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And those forces have, have shown up. And, um, you know, in your case, so much of it is is through your music, um, and I I really want our audience to um, to go to ninagray.com and to look at what you're doing and to and to download your music and to and to listen to the healing power of it, and um, and so now you are on this trajectory and this this journey with your music career. So tell us what you are doing and. Um, and and how you are planning to to move your your message forward into the into the universe. 
Mm, sure, sure. So to fuse music, something I love, and then to bring the ideas and the messages that feel most resonant with me. And when I say resonant, it's like the thoughts or the phrases or the ideas that come to me that either elicit tears or laughter or in perfect scenario, both at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nothing. Um, there's nothing better than that good laugh and that good cry all at the same time. Ooh, I know. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> oh my God. And you know, without harping on on the kind of the chapter that ushered in this dark night of the soul that is also like my anchor and my set point like having so many days in my life where i i was i wouldn't say i was suicidal but i it was like passive like if something happened i you know whatever yeah and that feeling to to feel that so many days now in my life to wake up and genuinely feel happy to be alive it's like it's an experience that will bring me to tears almost daily and i'm so grateful for it because it's not something i take for granted because i i remember wishing for that feeling i remember hoping i felt that feeling of just like looking into the sky and seeing the clouds and taking a deep breath and and feeling the the resonant thank you in my soul for that just thank you wow this is so god i won the life lottery like oh yeah there are so many souls that don't get to be here for whatever reason i'm like i am and that's a blessing and a privilege and so by itself just all by itself the Mm -hmm. rest is like the detail part yep um, but I do, I take that awareness and I do my best to put it into music, whether it be a song about sharing the, the power of love or the power of a sunset or the power of forgiveness or the detrimental action of judgment of oneself or others, um, really just taking the pieces of this existence that have moved something within me uh, in a way to pay it forward because in my darkest days music was the the consoler and the sanctuary for my heart and uh, so if I can provide that for somebody that is going through something I feel like I'm doing my job yeah hmm. the consoler music is that I think for so many of us mm-hmm. um, in in so many ways and it's like you said earlier You know, you can think back to a time in your life um, where something was going on, something seminal, or maybe just an everyday thing. And there's a song, there's a piece of music that you can associate with that. And Mm. I, you know, I, I heard a song the other day that took me all the way back. I wish I could remember. Well, oh, um, I can't remember what it was, but it was an old R&B song, and it took me back to being a teenager. And all of a sudden, I had this feeling of just being carefree and happy and, you know, running down the street and just, you know, big smile on my face, wind, you know, it just (laughs) took me back. I mean, just hearing that song took me back to that time in my life where everything seemed possible. (sighs) Everything was in front of me. And, and, and there was, the sky was the limit and I could dream big and I could, 
and that the music took me there. Mm. It was the music that gave me that feeling. And what a gift, mm. what a gift that artists are able to provide to our humanity that allows us to, to just be who we are and to feel what we feel. So thank you for, for providing that um, to all of us, really. Oh, bless. bless. <laughs> I received that. And like, with that, I just take a deep bows to every artist that has inspired the journey and mm -hmm. has their gifts to to put their message forth. And like, you know, as black women sitting here, like I think of like the Negro spirituals and the mm -hmm. songs that were sung to just hold on to another day, feel what we're feeling to, to create community and connection and reinforce that faith that like, this may be the present moment, but this ain't all there is. And this ain't all it's going to be. Right. And, you know, power that music has had in, in so many cultures and so many moments and in pivotal historical moments to carry us on through into the next chapter to allow us to dream bigger like you were yeah. running down the street. Right. <laughs> it's it's yeah. uh, it's so it's such an integral part of our humanity. Mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. You know, when I'm in an arena and I'm just I'm there experiencing a show, I haven't played arenas yet, <laughs> but I I'm feeling everybody singing and just in their joy. And I I always look around and think this is heaven on earth. This is peace on earth. We are capable of it. And I feel like music is an absolute variable. You know, we humanity at its best mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as sold out concert <laughs> yeah absolutely and it and it's and it crosses all cultures all yes. faiths all religions all you know ethnicities everything it is it, it it can be the 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 thread that really does bring us together so what is your vision for your career what is it what does it look like in your wildest dreams what would what where will it go Mm. Let's speak it in. Let's speak it into the universe and let's make it happen right now. Yes, I love <laughs> this. Um, you know, having the whole world in one big arena singing together. Is that too much to ask? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> With technology being what it is, it could happen, right? Wow, wow. It could happen. It could happen. In the metaverse, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I say that like, Yes, that would be the grandest vision to have the, the the total of humanity find a common song to sing together that dissolves the layers of difference and magnifies and amplifies the levels of our heart similarity, our soul similarity. Um, and that's not to say not to acknowledge diversity because the beauty and diversity and harmony and 10 part different frequencies coming together is gorgeous and I don't, never want to assimilate everybody but um, just find that common frequency you know um, so my vision um, I host this event called Soul Jam and when I moved to LA I was really missing my artistic community so I wanted to bring together people who had a poem a song a dance a business concept to share in community that 
push them a little bit to their edge that made them feel a little bit nervous. Maybe it's a song they've never performed before. Maybe it's a book of poetry that they haven't gotten just the gumption to put together yet. So this circle and community is a place where they can offer it up. We hold space, 20, 30 people. We all have different instruments. Some people come there just to witness, but we really hold safe this container for creative expression to not only be birthed and expressed, but then fortified with feedback, with resources from different people. Oh, you're looking to put this book into poetry? I know a publisher. I know a writing coach. Let's get you in contact with them. So I love that. Growing creative ideas, because the seeds of this new earth, this new paradigm exist within all of us. Like I, on this podcast right now, that I feel like this is a critical and crucial seed that you're growing to allow all of these voices to speak life into what they're creating, their journey, and who they are at finding these threads of similarities. Mm. Narratives that matter, that need amplification, that wouldn't if you weren't doing your part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So... um Soul Jam. So people can go to your website and and learn about what you're doing. Yes, mm -hmm. and virtually um, now. Um, okay. My grandest scheme. You know, I want to have these Soul Jams everywhere. I would love for other people to be able to facilitate them, and before that, just train people on facilitating creative circles where ideas can be birthed and grown, and people can feel more in alignment with the expression of their creative mm -hmm. gifts. Because I, I truly, it. Elizabeth Gilbert's like, what we don't express and what we suppress can become our sickness. Mm. I really believe that. Yes, I do as well. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot and yeah. ask you if there is a song, just a little phrase of a song that you feel would be appropriate right now that you could sing a cappella just mm -hmm. to help our audience feel connected and inspired to go forth and take that next best step as we close out our conversation. Mm, I would love that. You know, I actually have my guitar plugged in right here. So if you're- Oh, yay. Absolutely to open to that. Are you kidding me? Yes. Okay. Fantastic. An audience, this really is- Unexpected. She did not know I was going to do this. <laughs> Seriously, this was not planned. So, hey, I'm excited. Mm, okay, perfect. There's a song that I was writing during this pandemic um, called Breathe. And mm. it's not incredibly um, complicated, but just a reminder that when the mind gets overactive, when there's stuff going on in the heart, like our breath, is such a valuable tool to bring us back to center, to put all of that on pause, to allow the intuition and the whispers of our soul to come through more strongly than perhaps all of the input we've been storing inside of our bodies. Okay. So, um, I'll sing the first verse and chorus of this song called Breathe. <laughs> When my mind can't find the words And my heart's a mess I 
Got to remind myself to keep breathing when there's fire behind my eyes and grief inside my chest. I got to remind myself to breathe through it. to yourself darling breathe it all out then breathe it all in baby breathe come home to yourself darling breathe it all out then breathe it all You have the voice of an angel and a spirit to match. My goodness, that was just beautiful. And you made me cry and you give me chills. And I just feel so blessed and grateful to know you and to have had the opportunity to help expand your audience so that more people know who you are and what you do and, and what you bring to the world because you are such a light, such a light. Thank you. I feel so equally grateful to have met you and to have this time of communion and to feel the power that you are and the grace that you hold. You're like, you really live the embodied vision of like, wow, if I, if I keep my life on track, can I just <laughs> gleam some of this light and brilliance that you're embodying so effortlessly? Uh, well, you, you're, you're already there, my dear. You are, you are already there. And um, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful music and sharing your words and um, your authenticity and, and just uh, so many, so many thanks to, to you for just being you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Was I right or was I right? She is incredible and what a beautiful voice. If you've not already downloaded her music and Googled her to see more of what she's all about, please do. Um, I mentioned her website before. It's ninagray.com and gray is G-R-A-E. Um, please support what she is doing because it's all about making this world a better place and sharing her light and her love with all of us. And I just am so grateful that she took time to share who she is and what she has been through and what she has learned and how that has allowed her to show up in the way that she does. So again, thank you so much, Nina. Thank all of you for giving her permission to speak and for having the courage to listen with an open mind. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks again to our sponsor, BMW of West Houston. 
There's a special offer for members of the Our Voices Matter podcast community. Just click the link in the show notes, bmwwest.com.